0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we get you ready for the NCAA Hockey Tournament, which Michigan opens tonight against Colgate. Can the Wolverines make a run to the Frozen Four and beyond? The dominoes are starting to fall for the Michigan men's basketball program. What might come next? And football recruiting had a big week. We discuss that and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, second podcast of the week here, uh, Friday morning, March 24th. Did you guys stay up for that Gonzaga-UCLA game last night?
1: No, I, I fell asleep like early in the second half, and Gonzaga was down big, and I figured they were hooked, as the kids say nowadays. And uh, sure enough, they came back, I see. I, uh, I I
2: did stay up. It was funny, like my dad, my dad placed, uh, he uh, he doesn't bet much, but he, he uses like his free bets on games that are like two three dollars and he put like a a parlay on like the over and Gonzaga money line and he's like and I told him oh they were down early 11 points at some point I'm like yeah it doesn't look like that's gonna hit old man and then I looked again like probably 20 minutes later I'm like oh my god Gonzaga's winning and it was like oh man I don't know if the overs are going to hit though because it was like 72 63 with like two minutes left and then all of a sudden I'm like hey, let's just watch the end of the game and then it was like 72, 68 when we turned it on and it was just a crazy finish. And like, it was quite the roller coaster for him to win like $5. Yeah. But it was funny to see how like, I mean, that three point shot and then, yeah, wow. I mean, just, just incredible finish.
0: Yeah. It's funny how Aaron views it as a Gonzaga comeback given when he fell asleep, but (laughs) at the end it was a, it was a UCLA comeback because they couldn't make a basket for it was eleven or twelve minutes. It was a, a Michigan-like uh, drought, but then you know, down, down ten points uh, with, yeah, you know, a little over two minutes to go, and they they start, uh, they start coming back. They're nine points with ninety seconds, and I think they get a get an one and uh, you know go from there and take the lead. It was wild, but not the result I was looking for. Anyway, uh, hockey NCAA tournament uh, starts tonight. Uh, Michigan, Colgate. What time? What channel, Zook? Uh, eight thirty on uh, ESPNU. All right, uh, and that'll be played in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I guess my my first question, and I've got two, so you can probably guess what the second one's going to be based on the first. But the first is kind of like uh, finish this sentence: If Michigan wins the national
2: championship, it will be because they did what it's because their offensive firepower kind of carried them to to the national championship. I mean, they're, they're the top, uh, top scoring team in the country and led by an all freshman line of Adam Fantilli, Gavin Brindley, and Rutger McGordy, all, all first round picks or soon to be first round picks. And I mean, I would put them, I put them up against any other line in the country, even the line from Minnesota and like my chances against them. I mean, they play almost 20 minutes a night, Uh, and I mean, they're just, they're very gifted and I mean, they don't need much, uh, much room to to score. And I mean, it's just, even if they're in their defensive zone, they'll, they'll break out quickly. And all of a sudden it's in the back of the other team's net. So they got two, two really good scoring lines also with Mackie Samastavich, TJ Hughes and Dylan Duke. So there's, they have legit scoring threats every time they're on the ice. They have one of the most talented defensemen in college hockey and Luke Hughes. And I think they're they're battle tested. I mean, they they faced a tough non conference schedule, and they're playing well at, at the right time of the season. They're healthy. Uh, this is the healthiest been, they've been all year. They've been able to keep the same lineup throughout the Big Ten tournament. And when you now they, and they go four zero and knock off the number one team in the country on the road to win the Big Ten title. So if they can continue to do what they've done the last two games in the semis and, and championship, they're going to be a tough team to knock off
0: um i got it on uh espn2 actually is what i'm now seeing oh and them go blue at least and tsn plus isn't that um It's like Ooh. canada's version of espn is that right <laughs> i love how they're showing these games too uh but yeah just just for our listeners out there looking to tune in uh okay so yeah who who knows where uh colgate is by the way colgate university located
1: it's in the northeast i did you know Zoo? I mean I I know it because I
2: li- I listened to a podcast uh yesterday when I was driving uh driving to my parents and it uh, from a hockey player who played at Colgate and he was talking about how like it's a lot of people don't know where it is but it's in the middle of nowhere in New York and uh oh. and I was like oh all right <laughs> like I was like oh I actually don't really know where it is. I, I knew it was somewhere on the east coast and in, in the northeast but I didn't know exactly where but um yeah i know it's so i actually don't know the city but i know it's somewhere in new york i guess
1: massachusetts but close enough
0: we'll give zook we'll give zook partial credit there yeah smack in the middle of of new york i mean it's you know i don't know within an hour of, of syracuse but yeah right right in the middle central new york uh yeah they were in the ncaa men's tournament i picked them to win a game as a 15 seed against texas it did not uh did not pan out to say the least uh All right. So I guess, you know, flip, flip side of that, I guess, you know, what, what do you, have you learned anything about Colgate, about their team, you know, kind of in these last, uh, you know, couple of days, obviously got, uh, you know, they, they got one of these bids for, for winning their their league. And um, I see their overall record is not, you know, particularly uh, impressive, but obviously, you know, playing well as of late.
2: Right, yeah, I mean, they're the only reason they're in is because they won their conference championship. I mean, they were they were in the thirties in the pairwise heading into the tournament. Um, so like they weren't even on the radar to earn an at-large bid, but I mean, they knocked off some good teams in their conference tournament. I mean, Kuinipiak, who was ranked number two in Harvard, num- ranked number six in the championship. I mean, that's tough to do. They were both one-goal games, so uh, all their go- games, the last four games in, the, in their conference tournament, were all decided by one goal. So maybe a little bit of luck there. Um, definitely not off offensively minded like Michigan. They're more of a, a Notre Dame type, like liking to trap in the neutral zone and, and slow things down and and force teams like Michigan to kind of dunk the puck in and forecheck instead of kind of beating them off the rush. So uh, they're going to try and muck things up in in the middle and and keep Michigan to the, to the outside and hope hopefully cat, uh, capitalize on any chances they have it on any Michigan turnovers or something and go down the other way. I mean, I think Michigan is for sure going to outplay them. It's just the, if, if Cole, can take take advantage of, of their few opportunities and, and kind of limit the high danger chances against though. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, that last night there was one number one seed that went down uh national cha- or defending national championship champion, Denver lost to Cornell, a uh, number one versus number four seed. So it can happen. Uh, I don't think it will, but it's definitely a possibility. All
0: right. Uh, aside from just Colgate, but you know who might be, uh, you know, if you look at whether it be Penn State or, or Michigan Tech or whoever might come in the Final Four, you know, if Michigan, uh, Frozen Four, if Michigan doesn't get that far, doesn't at least get to the championship, you know, flip side of the question I just asked you, you know, why will it be? What What is potentially you know, an Achilles heel for this team.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, as, as talented as they are, they still are the youngest team in college hockey. And it's, it's very rare for a young team to win it all, no matter how many draft picks are on the roster. And uh, I mean, last year, Denver had, had a lot of freshmen, but they also had a lot of upperclassmen on their top line, top D pairing um, that kind of carried the way there. Um, and then to around, I mean, Michigan doesn't really have any upperclassmen playing big roles this year. Their Their fourth line is all like seniors, but other than that, uh, and they have they have some uh, bottom pairing defensemen that are that are upperclassmen. But other than that, I mean, their top nine is all basically underclassmen, young guys that are 20 and under. Um, so that's that's a lot to put on uh, the shoulders of of some young guys going up against 23, 24, 25 year olds. Uh, and we see year in and year out how uh, these older teams can, can are more prone to go on runs than these young, talented teams. But. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they've also had trouble staying out of the box at times this year. I mean, they're the most penalized team. A lot of it is because they take major – I mean, if you take a major penalty in the NCAA tournament and put a team on a power play for five minutes, that could, that's a huge possible swing in the game. So it seemed like every game this year, Michigan was either in the box for a five-minute major or or on a five-minute power play because of majors. So I, I don't assume they're going to call them as closely like they did in the Big Ten, Um, but it was definitely – uh. A, a problem for Michigan at times this year. And, and last thing is just, I, I don't know if they have the depth that they did last year either. I mean, they're going to rely on their top two scoring lines a lot. The Luke Hughes deep pairing a lot with uh, Keaton Pearson. Um, So we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's, they're going to get a lot of ice time. We'll see if they kind of wear down against some of these teams as they go deeper, but um, it's uh, the, 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 regional is very winnable. I will say that, I mean, Penn state or mission state or mission tech shouldn't scare Michigan too much if, if they do advance. I mean, it is in Pennsylvania, so it could be kind of a, a home crowd for Penn state. If, uh, if, if, if the Mittany lions win their, their game against mission tech, but I mean, missions beat Penn state three out of four times this year. Uh, Penn State definitely isn't as talented. I mean, they're more of a volume type team, just throwing pucks on net um, and trying to cash in on rebounds and stuff like that. They're a good team. They're they're they could definitely beat Michigan, but I, I would think Michigan would be favored pretty uh, heavily in in both games if uh, if they win, if they if they make it past the first round. You
0: uh, you fill out a bracket?
2: I did not fill out a bracket. No, no, no
0: come on, we got to do it. Wolverine (laughs) confidential and
2: we should have did that now yeah I mean I I definitely would not have had Denver uh Denver losing in the in the first round that's for sure but the other games were it's
0: already started last night
2: it started last night yeah that's Uh, what I'm saying like (laughs) that there's going to be a new national champion this year because Denver's out so um well yeah it should be interesting I mean Minnesota even the number one seed against Quinnipiac who's kind of in the same boat as Colgate just got in because they won their conference championship It was two to two, like midway through the game. It's like, oh, my God, is is Minnesota on the ropes? And then Minnesota goes off and scores seven goals in the last half of the game and and wins nine to two. So it is a lot of things can happen come tournament time. And that's why that's what makes it fun. All
0: right. 830 ESPN2. We've got a kind of a quick basketball note before we get to football recruiting. You know, yesterday, Jet Howard made it official. He is entering the NBA draft as first suggested here on the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Uh, so, yeah, they've got a, uh, Isaiah Barnes is in the transfer portal. He's a, he's a kid who didn't really play much over his two years at Michigan. And now Jed Howard, a, a season-long starter, is one and done at Michigan. It's only surprising given his recruiting ranking. He was just outside the top 40. Uh, and, you know, typically, you know, if you watch the NBA draft, you see, you know, what it, what is Adam Silver saying? You know, freshman from Duke, freshman from freshman. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> But it that stops after about you know fifteen picks or so. Then 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 you get into you know upper class guys, overseas guys, because they've just they've run out of good enough guys that have that have that have left after one year. Um. So yeah, that's this is rare. I remember this when uh, Iggy Brazdakis left, and he was in about the same recruiting ranking. And it's just it's just rare. It's usually just those those five stars are one and done guys, not not guys this low in the ranking. So it means either Jet was. You know exceeded expectations was better than than they they thought coming out of high school. You know I don't I don't know. Um, there will be a lot of questions about his defense, rebounding, effort. Um, you know things like that. But six eight create his own shot like that on the perimeter. There's a lot to like too. So uh, you know best of luck to him. Kobe Bufkin is the next potential domino to fall. We'll see what kind of grade he gets on his evaluation. He will certainly put in for that. Um, and go from there. And then, you know, Hunter Dickinson uh, and, and you know, other potential transfers in and out will be uh, something we'll be watching for throughout this uh, spring for the Michigan men's basketball program. Football, big recruiting re- weekend. I keep seeing headlines. This guy commits. This guy commits. Uh, yeah. Can you guys kind of fill me in on, on what's been happening this week?
2: It seems like they're finally starting to get their momentum back on the recruiting trail and not not just with like their three-star guys, but with elite talent that everyone in the country is wanting. I mean, the big one this week was was Jordan Marshall, uh, a four-star running back out of uh, Cincinnati Archbishop Moeller, who's a, a top 100 prospect nationally, uh, rushed for almost two uh, 2,000 yards as a junior, was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Ohio. He's a guy that Ohio State typically keeps at home. I mean, Ohio State has dominated. They've recruited so well because they're, they keep their top guys in state. Uh, and they weren't able to do that with Jordan Marshall, and this was this was the first real like head-to-head battle. Michigan went up against Ohio State in a long, long time and won. Uh, obviously, a long time to go until signing day, and uh, but yeah, that was this was a massive gift for 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 Michigan, especially considering who they could lose after this year. Um, I mean, with with Blake Corum and. Donovan Edwards, both possibly leaving, but I mean, Ohio States could lose Travion Henderson too. So it, running back's a huge need for both. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the third mich- uh, Michigan commit from Ohio in the 2024 class. And then the next day they also land a, a three-star offensive tackle from Ohio as well. It um, uh, was ranked number 456 nationally, who Ben Roebuck who who didn't have an Ohio state offer, but there was some reported interest there. So the tides might be shifting a little bit in uh, in Ohio on the recruiting trail, and as we know, some of the the best teams in Michigan football history have uh, had some uh, key players from Ohio kind of carrying the way. And I mean, it's a long long time before that they see the field potentially see the field for the Wolverines, but you gotta like the the momentum and the inroads they're they're building there in Ohio.
1: Yeah, Zook nails it. I mean, Michigan's gotten their share of kids the last year or two from Ohio a lot of them have been like three star kids guys that maybe Ohio state wasn't necessarily prioritizing. That wasn't the case of Jordan Marshall. I mean, this kid, Michigan, Ohio state was after hard. They wanted him like, like as you said, typically this is a kid that they they're able to keep in their backyard and, and it didn't, it didn't happen this time. Um, you know, you've you got to give credit to uh, Mike Hart and Steve Klingscale Klingscale have been recruiting Ohio really hard, whether it's, uh, you know, Youngstown and Cincinnati, Um, They've done a very good job there. So this is a big win for Michigan, I think, on the recruiting channel, but it gets much bigger than this, at least right now. And uh, you're starting to see, I think, the the remnants of Michigan's win over Ohio State the last couple of years. You're starting to see more Ohio kids pay attention, more Ohio kids are considering Michigan. Um, And, again, that's just a natural, I think, inclination of, of where, you know, result of where these two programs are at right now. Michigan's dominated the last couple of years. Um, they're winning Big Ten titles and getting, you know, getting in that national spotlight, playing for, you know, getting the playoff. And I think ultimately, kids want to go play for winners. And and you're starting to see that, like like Zook said, the tides are beginning to turn, with, which I, I I think is fascinating. You know, Ohio State's at a point now where they can recruit nationally; they can go across the country and get the best of the best. So they necessarily, sometimes aren't paying attention to their backyard, and it's it's open door now for Michigan to go in and try and pluck some of these. These borderline, you know, five star kids, these elite, these elite, elite talent that would normally, I think, stay home, you know, in prior years. Now not so much. I mean, Michigan's winning on the field and they're starting to, and we'll see where it goes from here, but they're starting um to, to win on the recruiting trail too.
2: And, and we mentioned, yeah, like last year they like land a lot of three stars, but you gotta get the building, gotta start building blocks somewhere. And like that, that I think that helps step set the stage. And even by getting these guys that maybe aren't highly rated, you know they'll have the chip on the shoulder either because they're from Ohio or they didn't get offered by Ohio state. And the more you guys, you, more of those guys you bring in, I mean, they're, and they know they're friends in, in Ohio across the state too. And I think that that'll pay off down the road too. So I think last year, yeah, they landed four none, really highly rated or, or they, it's not like they were on Ohio state's radar very closely, but now maybe they're, they're putting some uh, bugs into the ears of some players in the future classes and now I mean yeah they just landed Marshall but they're they're in the mix for all the top four ranked players in Ohio this year I mean they're the favorite to land Brian Robinson a four-star edge from Youngstown of course the Steve Klingsdale's hometown and a pair of cornerbacks who are both top 100 guys Bryce West and Aaron Scott uh, both have taken some visits to Michigan I, I still think Ohio State's probably the leader at this point but now that Marshall's on board, maybe that swings the momentum in Michigan's favor a little bit. It's going to be fascinating to see how I, I I think Michigan can maybe land a top ten borderline top five class if they continue this trend. I mean, right now they're they're third overall. I mean, that's probably because they have a lot of commits already with nine, it's not even not even April yet, but um, you gotta like their their start on their recruiting trail.
1: You think that Steve Klinkscale hire was a good one? I, I gotta think Jim Harbaugh is really um, happy right now because, you know, as we all know, when Klinkscale was at at Kentucky, I mean, he was coming into Detroit and taking kids. Mm-hmm. So he's done a very good job of going into areas where maybe you know the his you know his team isn't the most popular and plucking kids. And I don't know what his message has been, but it's it's certainly working. And, and Steve's doing a very good job of, of of getting kids out of the state of Ohio right now.
0: We you know we saw it in the transfer portal as well. You know Michigan making news. This was you know obviously a while back, but you know speaking to a couple of those guys yesterday just sort of reminded me of it. You know that um, you know they got guys. Their winning has you know led to getting you know players that they they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, And you know these two two Indiana players we spoke to yesterday certainly you know mentioned that as as reasons for for wanting to to come to Michigan. I mean certainly true with with Jack Tuttle. I mean when you get a quarterback who's who's coming to Michigan. Like, you you know, it's not for for the typical reason that transfers are doing it because they're obviously well established at that position. So, um, yeah, there was a time where it didn't seem like it was really translating those wins, you know, those wins to success on the recruiting trail. But uh, it seems like that's that's finally changing for for Harbaugh in Michigan. We will have continued coverage of all of that uh, and and you know what will be more commitments going forward uh, the basketball team and the hockey team's uh, results here this this weekend in Allentown on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.